we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome everybody to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt. And last week we talked about the death, the resurrection. Well, the burial's in the middle, right? Gus? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And there is no more important message than that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. This is what we call the... Try it again. This is what we call the... Very good. Another word for that is good news. That's what we call the gospel The good news, what am I talking about? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Jesus Christ. How good is this news? Well, it is news that can save your soul. Anybody interested in that? It is news that can rescue you from hell and make you a citizen of a heavenly kingdom. It is news that you are loved. It is news that God is not done with you. It is news that God loves all people, doesn't matter what their skin color is, what language they speak, what their gender or lifestyle is. It is news that we don't have to struggle through life and then die, and then that's all that life is. It is news that life does not end in death, but that death ends in life. It is news that all your sins can be washed away. It is news that the lowest thief on a cross is not far from a saving Jesus Christ. It is news that the devil can kill you, but still lose. It's news that he has to do more than kill you to win. He's a loser. He can't do it. It is news that the very hand of God can reach even you, even if you are six feet under and raise you up out of the grave. Does anybody think the resurrection of Jesus Christ is good news? I think it's the best news ever. Jesus died and he came back to life. And this is good news. Jesus coming back to life offers us more than a nice story. I really, I love Easter, but there's a worry I've got about Easter that people just think it's a nice story. We go and we hear the nice story. You can go lots of places to hear nice stories. They have movie theaters where you can hear nice stories. There's a love story in the theaters right now. It's uh, King Kong versus Godzilla right now. There's all these nice stories everywhere. I'm telling you, we offer more than a nice story when we're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. His resurrection gives us more than a story with a moral that we can loosely extrapolate to our life. Because he got out of the grave, guess what that means? You too can get out of the grave. Because he lives, we too can live. Because he rose to heaven, one day we too will rise to heaven. So let's look at the words of our Savior in John chapter 5, verse 24 through 29. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over. Somebody say crossed over. Crossed over. From death 
to life. Verse 25, very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. For as the Father has has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. Verse 27, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. These are amazing words from Jesus, right? My goodness, we could just spend all day on one verse right here, but with this whole little passage is power packed. No one else could say the words we just read and they be true. There's not a politician alive that could say it. There's not a pop star alive that could say it. I don't care how good King James LeBron is at the basketballs. He can't say it and it be true. Only one person could ever say it and it's true. Oh, let's just go there. Buddha can't say it and it's true. Mohammed can't say it and it's true. Oh my goodness, all the people we're worshiping in our today's culture, none of them can say it and it's true. Only one can say it and he said it. His name is Jesus and it's true. I want to tell you, if anyone else were to try to make this claim, they would be a crazy narcissist with delusions of grandeur. Absolutely the truth. But Jesus says these words and then he backs them up by walking out of his own tomb. I want I want you to I want to point out to you that what Jesus is promising is even bigger than you may realize. I find this often that we get a little glimpse of his promise. We're like, oh, that's so good. But his promise is actually bigger than we understand. And I, I don't care how long you've been in this relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you that he has got more to offer you that is bigger and better than you ever realize. The whole book of the Bible is people that have been walking with God for thousands of years only to find out he's bigger and better than they could have ever understood. I want to tell you that Jesus is promising not just life, but eternal life. Somebody say those words, not just life, eternal life. We go to health experts to try to add a little time to our life. Is that true? Anybody ever been to a doctor hoping that they can extend their life in some way? More of y'all been than that. I'll forgive y'all. We got, we go these health experts. We listen to our dietitians who tell us that if we cut out the following, I don't know, just simple 60 pages of food from our diet, we will live longer. It's so easy. All you have to do is eat water. So good. We have spent way too long on YouTube. Yes, we have trying to find life hacks, advice, and tricks for better strength and vitality, all in an effort to stave off the Grim Reaper a little bit longer. And we listen to our doctor when they have a certain procedure that will likely add time to our life. I want to tell you, this is not what Jesus is promising. 
This is not what he's talking about. Jesus is not just promising, you know what, I'm going to tag on a little extra life to you. He is not promising that if you die, he is going to get you out of the grave, resuscitate you, breathe into you, give you the little, the compressions on your chest, right? Give you some CPR and, you know, give you a little longer to live. That's not his plan. Not at all. Jesus is promising what kind of life? Eternal life. Look at it again. 524 of John. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word. And believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Number one, you got to hear his word. Step one, hear his word. I got news for you. You're hearing the word of God today. You could be like on YouTube and somehow the cat video brought you here. Don't leave. Listen, by hearing his word. It is the first step to having the life you are always looking for. You can have eternal life and it starts, step one, by hearing his word. Do you hear his word? Do you believe his word? Do you love his word? You see, that's what comes after hearing. That's step two, believe. You need to believe his word. And if you believe in his word, you will believe in the one who sent Jesus. I run into people all the time. I have trouble believing in God. I don't have, I don't run into too many people that have trouble believing in Jesus. Most people believe Jesus existed. In fact, if you don't believe Jesus existed, we can kind of put you over in you crazy camp. Because it's pretty obvious he existed. And it's pretty obvious that he is wonderful. What we read about him and what we hear about him. And the truth he says 2,000 years ago is still truth that we need today. I want to give you a little help here. That when you hear his word, it will help you believe in the one who sent him. I'm telling you, listen. I would have so much trouble believing in God if I had never met Jesus. Because I've met Jesus, then I can believe in him who sent me. Oh, somebody say amen. It's the truth. It's the truth. Hallelujah. So do you actually believe? You believe in this Jesus. You believe in his word. And you believe that he is actually sent from the Father in heaven. That was step one. And step two. Step three is really simple. Have eternal life. That's step three. You just have it. You don't have to go buy it. You don't have to join like a membership at a church or something and and like tithe for 12 straight weeks. And then we'll put you on a list whereby we'll take you to a secret Bible study. And then we will drink of holy water that came straight from the Jordan. And if you drink that water, then you are on a new list to inherit, you know, like That's what religion does sometimes. There's some weird cults out there that they get you kind of in the door and you are spending the rest of your life looking to have eternal life. No, step three is already done. You have it. You have eternal life. You hear his word. You believe in the one who sent him and then ding, you have it. Does anybody have it in this place? Woo, I have it. The life expectancy in the U.S. is 78.93 years old. And we are all like, all right, let's beat that number. Let's do it. I want to tell you, the eternal life expectancy in heaven is infinity. 
It's wonderful. Got a question for you. Are you making the mistake of thinking that Jesus merely gives you more of the ordinary life you already have? Say it one more time. Think. Are you making the mistake of thinking that Jesus merely gives you more of the ordinary life you already have? Are you only praying for more of the same mediocre life? I'm telling you, your prayer life ought to be pushing towards the great things of Jesus. The great things of God. Not just, oh, get me through, get me through today, Lord. I know that there's some days where you pray that. I get it. But if that's the only prayer you pray, you're just praying for a mediocre life. He didn't promise you'd have a mediocre life, but an eternal life. Are you concerned with simply prolonging your life? There's so many people that are just looking to prolong their life. I would tell you that's not living at all. To quote the deeply theological Monty Python Circus, Flying Circus. And now for something completely different. Anybody know that? Am I the only one has studied under the schooling of Monty Python? And now they would, they would have this little skit and they would end the skit and they would be like, well, we got to move on to something else. So they would just like make the camera go over here and there'd be like John Cleese and he'd say it in British accent. And now for something completely different. And they'd move on. That's how it is with the Lord. I want to tell you that. That is exactly how it is with the Lord. You are living this existence and then, the, then suddenly, boom, everything moved over and God gives you something that's not a little different. It is completely different. Jesus offers different. Jesus offers better. Who wants better? You might be in a, it might be a good idea to hear his word and believe in God and then come Talk to him in this altar today and ask him for the better, the eternal life. I want to tell you, we told you not just life, but eternal life. My next point I want you to get is not just when you die, but life now. There are so many people that need to hear this. Listen, don't think, oh, so-and-so needs to hear this. No, we all need to hear this one. Not just when you die, but life now. At funerals, we often talk about life beyond the grave, right? We offer encouragement that the loved one is in heaven experiencing eternal life. Who's been to a funeral where that's happened? All right, that's a great thing. We say things like this. We say, they will never cry another tear or feel any more pain. This is true. It's good to say, but do we only pull out these scriptures about eternal life, about life in heaven? Do we only pull out these scriptures and themes when we are contemplating death? I would tell you, yeah, we kind of do. Yeah, we kind of only think about that eternal life when we are about to die. We use it to comfort us when we're getting to the end. Do you think that's God's plan? Didn't we just kind of read a scripture that says, no, about that? Yeah, we're going to look at it. Jesus means for us to experience eternal life when? Now, John 5, 25 through 26. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now 
come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live for as the father has life in himself. So he has granted the son also to have life in himself. Jesus says the time has now come. It's not just a time coming. You see, before Jesus came, they could only say it's a time coming. But now that Jesus is on the earth, now it is a time that has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those that hear will live. When will they live? Now. We serve a now God. Sometimes just look in your Bible for the word now. See where it shows up. Some of your favorite verses are powerful because they use the word now. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What's that first word? Baby, that's the most important word in that whole verse. You thought the rest was like the big deal. No, the fact that it happens now is the huge deal. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Now faith. You see, sometimes we just jump right over that word. I want to tell you, Jesus underlines the word now because he's able to do it now. Are you making the mistake of waiting on what God wants to do right now? Are you making the mistake of waiting on what God wants to do right now? Don't feel bad if that's you because we've all been there, haven't we? Oh, you bet. The victory of heaven is available when? Now. The peace of heaven is available when? Now. Thank you, Charles. The joy of heaven is available when? Now, the reward of heaven is available when? Now. You believe that? Oh, Jesus believed that. In John 11, Jesus' friend Lazarus, what happens to him in that chapter? Anybody know? He dies first. He did. Lazarus dies in John chapter 11. And Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus is already buried. And there's people still mourning around his grave. He is in the tomb, y'all. And he's been there so long that they say, surely he stinketh by now. He got to be stinking right now. That's how dead Lazarus is. And Jesus walks up and he speaks to Lazarus' sister named Martha. We're going to read it. John 11, 23, 24, uh, 23 through 25, sorry. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise Again, watch Martha's answer. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this whoa jesus just lays it right on her right there do you believe this martha made the mistake of what of believing what god wanted to do was going to eventually happen but was not available now do you see that she didn't 
Uh, she didn't have trouble believing that one day Lazarus would raise from the dead. She believed that one day in the last day, he would rise from the dead. What she didn't believe was that it could happen right now. That's what Jesus says to her. He says, I am. Oh, what kind of tense is that? Present tense, past tense. It's not past tense. It's not future tense. It's a a right now kind of tense. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you get this? Jesus Christ is the resurrection before he died and rose again. (laughs) He's the resurrection already. He is right now the resurrection and the life. He is exactly that. John 5, 26, for as the father has life in himself, present tense, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself, present tense. The father has life in himself. Jesus has life in himself. Do you have Jesus? If you have Jesus, you're believing on the one who sent him. So then do you have the father? Yes. Not a trick question. Through Jesus, we have the father. So guess what? You have life when? Now. The life that is in the father is in you. The life that is in Jesus Christ is in you. And we're not waiting for a trumpet to sound. I love reading Revelation, trying to figure all that out when that's going to happen. But you know what I'm not waiting for? This life to show up. That life is already here right now. Thank you so much. Forgive us, God, for going a day without your life showing up in us right now. If the Father has life in us, Jesus has, the Father has life in himself. Jesus has life in himself. And if we are followers of him, then we, we should have life in ourselves right, right now. So God, pray right now. Father, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me for not having life in me, flowing out of me. A life out of your innermost beings will flow. Rivers of living Water, they're alive, living water flowing out of you. So not only is it in you, it's flowing out of you. You are now a source of what? Life. When? Now. Because of Jesus Christ. Jesus, forgive us for that. We want to live in you and have your life in us. Right now, Chris Fluid has no life within himself except that Jesus is in me. Jesus speaks about two kinds of dead people. We read it. You might not have gotten it. Let's get it. John chapter 5, verse 25. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead, everybody said the dead, will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Verse 28. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice. Verse 25 mentions the dead who hear his voice, right? Verse 28 mentions the ones in their graves who hear his voice. Both of these are dead types of people. Agreed. But not all the dead are in their grave. 
Verse 25 talks about dead who hear, but it mentions not their grave. Verse 28 mentions dead who hear, and they're in their grave. You following where I'm at? I want to tell you that there are some dead who are walking the street. You heard about the walking dead? Yeah, yeah. There are some walking dead. They aren't in their graves. They have a pulse. They wake up in the morning. They eat food. They talk. But listen to me. They are not alive. They are dead. Who is a witness? That, yeah, you know what that's like. I have been there. Oh, I could tell you that I've lived 41 years, but not all of my years I have been alive. Some of those years I was a dead man just walking around. I was a zombie in so many ways. I was not alive. I was not full of joy. I was not full of peace. The life that's found in the Father, that's life that's found in Jesus Christ, was not found in me. I was dead, but not in a grave. But then, oh, the promise that those that hear his voice. I was dead, but I heard his voice. Anybody ever hear the voice of the Lord? Any dead people brought back to life? Jesus walks up to the tomb of Lazarus and he does what? He speaks. He speaks. He calls out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Who thinks the Lazarus that was dead in the grave heard his voice? Yes. Yeah. Those that hear his voice, they come back to life. Whether they are in a grave or not. I want you to understand. I believe verse 28 is talking about physical death in a physical grave. And the Lord is master over the physical grave. Yes. Hallelujah. I've got a grandmother that one day she's going to prove it. She's going to come yes. right up out of that grave. I believe verse 25 is talking about those who are dead in their trespasses and in their sins. They are walking, they're talking, they're drinking their Starbucks latte. They're talking about how the Baylor Bears won the national championship on Monday. And it was glorious. Yet they don't have life. They don't have the life of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. What kind of resurrection happened there? Was it a physical resurrection or a spiritual resurrection? It was a spiritual resurrection. They were dead in what? They weren't dead in a lack of a heartbeat. A lack of breath. A lack of brain function. They were dead in their trespasses. And in their sins. Verse 4 through 6. But because of his great love for us. Why? Why? But because of his great love for us. Not because you're good. Not because you got it all together. Not, not because you tithe. Not because you volunteer. No. Why? But because of his great love for us. God who is rich in mercy. Made us Alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace. You have been saved. And God raised. Us. Up. Together. Who? Us. We talk so much about the resurrection of Jesus. And we should. We don't talk enough about our resurrection. 
God raised us. Now you tell me, is that past tense, present tense, future tense? Past tense. In other words, it's already happened. It's already happened, the life that he has raised you up in. You aren't waiting for it. It's already happened. He's raised us up with Christ and seated us, past tense, with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. We were dead. That's what it said. But we heard his voice because of Jesus, because of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. God has raised us up with Christ. This is not saying one day in the future it will happen. It says that it has already happened, seated with Christ in heavenly realms. That's a verse you ought to to quote that a little bit. That because of God, you are already seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Now let me ask you, does that describe your life? Own that a little bit, let's own it. Does that describe your life? Seated with Christ in heaven on his throne. Does that describe our life? Do we have that kind of victory now? Do we have that kind of peace now? Do we have that kind of joy? I want to tell you, you can. You can have that kind of joy. You can have that kind of life. I'll go a little further. You should. You should have that life right now. Back to life. Jesus came back to life. It is time that you came back to life. Can you say amen on that? It's time for you. And not just come back to your life, but come back to his life. Do you believe Jesus has a better life for you today? Do you want it? Do you want it? That ought to be some time you spend in prayer over the next moments. God, I want that life that you told us about. I want that life that is so victorious. It's like me being heaven With you on your throne. I love how the word with there. Seated with him. Y'all, he's letting you share his throne in the greatest throne room of all time. I wonder if the Queen of England would share her throne with me. I wonder if the president would share the Oval Office with me. Can I office out of the Oval Office this week? Joe Biden. Can I? No, no, nobody else but Jesus Christ, the greatest king, the king of all kings. Do you understand that? That's why he's called king of kings. He is king of kings. You are a king in his kingdom. King of kings. King of kings. Yeah, you. He has called you to be kings and priests in his kingdom and sit on his throne. When? Now. Now. Oh, I'm so thankful that it's ahead of me. But I'm so blown away that it's right here in the now. Now, I can't make you receive it. Y'all understand that? My gosh, I'll drive pastors crazy trying to make people receive it. You can't make anybody receive it. Anybody ever see a pastor try to make somebody receive? I'm just going to preach louder until you. We've seen it. All right. Can't make you receive it, but I can tell you that Jesus is here right now to offer you something greater. Jesus, I want your life.
Jesus, I want your spirit. I actually want you to live as a spirit inside of me. Jesus, I want your grace. I want your mercy. Jesus, I want your forgiveness. I want it. I want your power. Lord, if you said I could have your same power, I want it. The same power that raised people from the dead. The same power that worked miracles. God, I want that power. God, I want that anointing and I want that peace. I want that hope. Oh, above all, God, I want that love to be found in me right now. I want you, Jesus, to bring me back to life. Is that your prayer today? Are you ready to pray? We're going to pray. Jesus talks in John chapter 3 about being born again. He has a new life for you. If you've never been born again, if you don't know what that means, oh, you're in the right place. Let's talk together. Let's pray together. I want you to meet me in this altar and say, I don't know what it is to be born again. Jesus says you can be born again. Do you want it? You can have it today. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed day.